I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Episode nine, your pelvic floor is a living room. When my husband and I were newly married, we bought a house that was built in 1944, I think, and it had been added on to, and it really was a fixer-upper. We could just tell, even though first glance, it looked like a really beautiful home. But to me, I was kind of annoyed that there was carpet and tile and laminate flooring and a different carpet, and it just, it really didn't flow. So one of the things we wanted to do was put new flooring in. So when my husband ripped it up, he found that the subfloor, which I didn't know anything about construction or fixer-uppers or DIY stuff, but the subfloor is essentially the foundation that your flooring, whether that's carpet or laminate or tile or the wood flooring, goes on top of. There actually was pieces where the subfloor was missing, which made sense why the floor made so many noises and it never felt quite secure underneath our feet. But one of the things my husband did was he would do sections at a time. And so when you first walked into our home, immediately you were in the living room and that took you immediately into the dining room and then back into the kitchen. As you were walking through the first part of the living room, you could take a quick right and it wrapped around into a bathroom. And as you walked through the bathroom, you could get into our master bedroom. And if you kept walking in a circle, it would spit you out in that dining room right before you got to the kitchen. Again, this was an older house that had been built on too many times. The floor plan, while well utilized, it was a little bit different. At the time, I was very pregnant very pregnant. And if you've been pregnant before, you understand that when your kid is jumping on your bladder, there is not much you can do to delay going to the bathroom. And while I was on my way home, I thought, oh gosh, just a couple more minutes and I'll be home. And I walk in the front door and the entire living room subfloor had been ripped up All there was was the studs, and because this was an old house, it wasn't like there was an actual foundation underneath some of these studs. It went down to a crawlspace basement. So if I chanced walking on these studs, I would fall many, many feet, pregnant, of course. So I'm looking at this thinking, 
first off, where is my husband? Second off, I might pee my pants standing right here. And it really was kind of an issue. And so I call him and I'm frantic, like, babe, I am going to pee my pants. We live on a busy road. It's not like, you know, I can go back to my country roots and go pee in the front yard. People would see me. And he said, oh, just go back through the gate. Now I attempted that. And interestingly enough, (laughs) that gate and I never got along very well. I never could get it open. I don't know if I just was not as tall as my husband. I didn't create enough leverage. I could never get that gate open. So I am probably six and a half months pregnant and I am climbing a fence to hop over it thinking that if I could get in the back door, that I would still be able to make it to the bathroom in time. Now, this story actually goes on for a little bit longer, and that's not the best part of the story. Um, I did end up making it there on time. My husband came back and was able to help me walk across the studs um, by placing some plywood down so I could get to the bathroom. But I tell you this story because, one, you were able to understand a good part of our layout of that particular home. And one of the things that I find when people come to see me for the first time or they reach out to me on Instagram, they'll say, well, I've never heard of the pelvic floor. I don't know what it is. Where are these muscles at? I didn't even know that this was a thing. And the list goes on and on. The reason I bring this up is because I want you to understand what's happening. And a lot of times women will say to me, I mean, I put a tampon there or I have a baby come out. They're not quite sure what's really happening there. And it's kind of hard to understand because it is a 3D structure. And if you didn't grow up in a household where this was commonly discussed, you might not have any idea as to what's occurring. So I want to explain to you my living room analogy as it relates to your pelvic floor. So I want you to think about this, that the opening is circular. This is also called the introitus, or this could be the doorway. And as you walk through the doorway, you're going to walk through a small frame. And you've done this before, I'm sure, where you walk through that door and the, the door frame is very thin and it's just there. You notice it, but you it it probably doesn't really cross your mind every time you go through. But in our pelvic floor, that door frame, if you will, that is the first layer of pelvic floor muscles. So this shape of your opening can be different. If you have had scarring, if you have vaginismus, if you have a tight pelvic floor, sometimes the shape of this can be different. And I don't tell you this to alarm you, but I also want to illustrate the fact that whatever is happening with our muscles, it can change this living room situation that I'm trying to explain to you. So let's continue on in our explanation of the living room, and I'll tell you a couple other things that might potentially be a little bit different. But again, any change here has to do with what's happening with our pelvic floor muscles because our pelvic floor is what makes this up. As we walk through that door and door frame, we're now in a hallway. This hallway is long. This hallway is made up of the second layer of our pelvic floor muscles. 
Sometimes this is called the birth canal. Sometimes this is called the vaginal canal, but this is a hallway. Under normal circumstances, the hallway is either touching or almost touching. One of the jobs here is that when we insert like a tampon or a finger or a speculum that, or even penis, that these tissues part ways and accommodates whatever it is that we're inserting. There can be problems here if your muscles are too tight, if they aren't healthy and supple to accommodate, to lengthen, to allow insertion of whatever that might be. As we continue down this hallway, we're going to take a step down. There's going to be a wall off to your right, off to your left. You'll notice that these walls, they wrap around and we are in this big living room, but it's a circular living room. You notice that there's a love sack way in the back on the floor. That's your rectum. You look up and you see a chandelier. That's your uterus. You continue turning back around and you can tell that your bladder is tucked up in the loft, your pubic bone. You also notice that on that back wall, above that love sac or the rectum, there's some artwork hanging or your tailbone or your coccyx, however you want to think of it. So when you're in this circular living room, this is your pelvic cavity. You'll notice that the flooring also goes up into the wall like wallpaper. This is the third layer of your pelvic floor muscles. So I hope that this kind of gives you an idea of how your pelvic floor is situated, what's actually happening down there. And time and time again, when I am helping people with their pelvic floor, their the way that their living room is set up or maybe the length of their hallway or the shape of their door might be different. A lot of times it has to do with the health and the status of their muscles. The way I explained it to you, that is under healthy, happy, normal muscles. But unfortunately, if you're listening to this podcast, you understand that the pelvic floor is not always given the attention that it needs and that it deserves. And so many times, especially after the birth of a baby, this hallway or doorway or living room might present a little bit differently. And I'll, I will get asked, oh, well, everybody's anatomy is a little bit different, right? Well, yes, that's true. This generally is the shape that should be here. So oftentimes I use this as an indicator to my patients, hey, I'm not sure if you can tell, but it feels like there's a lot of boards in the hallway that if I had to, and I'm using air quotes, walk it out, (laughs) if I had to demonstrate, like if I was in a real live life-size structure of what their of what their hallway looked like, I would have to duck down under boards and jump over boards and climb up boards that their hallway could just be very different because of, and again, there could be a number of different reasons. For obvious reasons, I'm not going to explain all the different options, but scar tissue can be a big player here. If your muscles are tight, if your muscles are weak, it's going to change the layout, so to speak. 
And the reason I like to bring this up is I think there's so much power in education and just understanding what's happening down there. It, and without getting into the neuroscience too much, but it gives your brain a little bit more awareness of what's happening. I can't tell you how many times after I've explained this living room analogy to my patients as it relates to their pelvic floor, that they'll come back the next visit or the next coaching call and say something like, okay, you probably think I might be making this up, but I've also noticed this about my pelvic floor, but I didn't have the words to explain what I was feeling. And it's very interesting to me that just by increasing their education, their awareness also increased as well. And I believe in the power of you knowing your body so you can take good care of it. And that's going to be different for everybody. But again, this is such a basic foundational anatomy lesson, if you will, that I I think it's important for you as a woman to understand what's happening down there. So the other thing I want to add, and this is a bonus as it relates to your living room, um, I've talked about this before, but I don't tend to bring this detail into it very much, but where I already told you about how there are different, when I talked about our very first home that we had that we replaced the subfloor and we put the same flooring throughout, the thing that bothered me about that house in particular was everything was just so different. The living room had different flooring than the dining room, which was different than the hallway, which was different than the kitchen. It just, it was, it was everywhere. Now, if you were to look at the same living room for real, right? If we had this real life structure, you would notice that the tile or how whatever, whatever flooring you choose to imagine, there's different directions. So I'm sure you've seen where you can lay flooring vertically aligned or oriented or horizontally, or sometimes you can do the herringbone. The thing that's different about this is you'll notice that there are angles of the flooring in the wallpaper every which way, depending on where you're located. And I bring this point up. Yes, I was annoyed with it, with the <laughs> our home that we had at the time, but I bring this up now because the coolest part about the pelvic floor is it's the only group of muscles in our bodies that have fibers that run in all three planes. So what, what this means for us is we're 3D people living in a 3D world. Our body relies on all three planes of motion, which is front to back, side to side, and then anything diagonal or rotational. And so to say we have muscle fibers in our pelvic floor or the flooring and wallpaper of our living room that really makes sure and allows us to be functional and allows us to move optimally and efficiently that we should maybe give a little more consideration to our pelvic floor and the strength and the health of it. So your homework for today's episode is to explain this living room analogy to somebody else. And I think one of the best ways that you can really take this information and internalize it is to be able to explain it to somebody else. So whether you share this podcast with somebody else so that they can increase their education about their pelvic floor and their living room, or maybe you listen to it one more time and then try to explain it to a friend or a sister so that they can improve their education, I think that this will serve you well. 
And interestingly enough, you might not be need to rely on this information right now, but because I've been doing this for so long, it's been interesting to me to have patients come back to me years later and say, it was so helpful to explain to my provider about my quote unquote living room and tell them exactly where the pain was or have them explain it back to me as I explained it to them, how I imagined my living room. It There's countless stories of how this has been helpful. So I think it would be helpful to you to really understand and internalize this this information. Remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at beyond the V period by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend or two. See you next week.